He might be trying to shake the sweep one after that first one, or maybe even go inside out again a bit harder. So, I'm going to try and slide one in there. Fast. You would think he has to make him hit it on the leg side. There's all his fielders out there. Six to win. Four for a super over. More. Oh, there it is. Yeah, beauty. He's hit six off the final. <laughs> the Thunder is still alive. Supercoach, BBL 13, done and dusted. And it's time to look back and reflect Big Horse, an episode centered around what went right, what what went wrong. There's a fair few things that went wrong, but uh, what else are we going through, yeah. mate? There's a bit going on, isn't there? We'll look back at the trades we got right, the trades we got wrong, captain's choices, and we're going to start to look ahead to next year and any rules changes that uh, we may predict that may come in next year. So, Brano, let's get to it. Welcome to the Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Yes, you are. Welcome back to the Insight BBL Show, the final Insight BBL Show for this season. I'm your host, Nathan Brain, and of course, the big horse. He's with me. Uh, I was going to play the soundbite, but I'll maybe save that for a little bit later. How are you, mate? How how'd things finish up for you? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Uh, finished 1,600th overall, which nice. is a PB for me. So very happy with that. Not quite top 1,000, but uh, yeah, we'll go through what we're going to change and what we'll do differently next year to hopefully improve on that. Final round score of 723 with Hardy as captain. But geez, Morris and Ty shit the bed. How'd you go, mate? Yeah, I copped the Morris bed shit as well. Um, I, I finished 1468. Uh, yeah, okay. Look, I, I'm kind of a little bit annoyed at it, but, um, you know, it is what it is. That's super coach. I think I got a little bit creative. We'll talk about what we learned, and um, there, there's a few lessons there, I think, for the, my season this year. Uh, yeah. Finished with a 704, but Captain Maxwell. Okay. So out of the three players, yet again, that I could have picked as captain, Matt Short, Hardy, or Maxwell, I picked the wrong one, uh, mm -hmm. which seems to be the, the theme of the back end of my season, picking the wrong captain. But, um, again, part of the game. Guys, uh, we'll cover a fair bit in this show. You know, to wrap the season up, we're going to talk about the things that we've learned throughout the season. I think you learn something new every single year about the way that you're going to play the game next time. We'll talk about maybe some rules that we're going to put in play for ourselves and our team and the way we play the game uh, that, that are probably going to help us next year. We'll also talk about our best trades, our duds, uh, and a fair bit more. So, um, guys... If you haven't yet, please hit like and subscribe. It'll be the last one of this uh, season, but we will be back next year, probably in October to start preseason. But also there's plenty happening in Inside as well with NRL and AFL about to kick off and plenty happening in the preseason there. And the NBL is still pumping with uh, yeah. Matrix and Hammer over at the Inside NBL show. So don't, you can't miss that either. Four weeks left, I think it is, for NBL season to finish up. So um, yeah. check them out. And uh, jump in the Discord. We've got some exciting stuff happening we'll talk about at the end of the show as well. Uh, mate, let's move on to our final squeeze of the week, brought to you mm -hmm. by the Standard Squeeze. Uh, the guys help you drink responsibly and conveniently, so you can go to their website. The website is thestandardsqueeze.com, and you can use the code INSIGHT15. Go and get yourself 15% off. You can go and get one of these little four-in-ones here that I've got me drinking. You can go and get yourself a combo pack that gives you the perfect pour every time. They've got some merch. They've got some other cool stuff on there. Um, so go and uh, help out or support those that support us. The squeeze of the week is Cruz. Congratulations, Cruz. Round nine, coach of Hitman, his team is with a 965. And I can probably guess that he didn't have many Sydney Thunder players in his team, Mick. 
I'm going to guess he probably had zero. <laughs> I think the winner of the week had had zero as well. Um, I think Cruz yeah, came right. fourth for the week. Yeah, um, okay. So very, very just, nice score. While, while you're discussing that, I'll just jump into his team and have a look. Oh, sorry. Ranked 43 for the week. Um, still, still an awesome week regardless. Um, very good week. So, Cruz, if you're watching, mate, we owe you a prize pack from the Standard Squeeze. You can get yourself a four-in-one or a combo pack. So send us an email, contact at insightfantasysports.com.au, and uh, just confirm that it's your team by sending us a photo of, of the summary uh-huh. with the team name, and uh, we'll get that out to you, mate. So congratulations. Uh, now, the overall winner, Mick, we've talked about him a lot on this podcast, has been Scott from Runs, Runs, Runs as his team. He was in the running, ironically to win BBL Supercoach and uh, ended up finishing fourth. So he was between first and third for the majority of the season. I think he was having a cracker of a season, but it was the straight captaining of Sam's in round nine. So that meant the difference between finishing fourth and second. I think first was a bit out of reach and that was James, coach of unimaginative name, which is a great team name. Uh, He took out the 25K cash, but... Uh, there is uh, something floating around that he may be overseas, Mick. Yeah, that's right. And whether people are aware of this or not, if you live overseas and not a resident of Australia, you're not eligible to win the award. So maybe it does pay to come second. Maybe this year it does. Mm. Um, and, you know, it would have been nice to be Scott. I think he took a punt on the double game week with Sam's and just thought he could maybe get a little bit ahead by straight captaining mm. someone that everybody else was on the VC. But unfortunately, it didn't pan out with the weather in that last game, which again is another probably learning for us throughout the yeah. season. Is that there's so many different variables in BBL Supercoach, isn't there? It's uh, it's a bit of a doubt. Like it's not the biggest downer though. He still gets a fifteen dollar KFC voucher. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does. No, that's all I'm here for. That's the only reason I play Supercoach to get me some KFC. I Absolutely. mean, I'll buy it anyway. But a free meal yeah, every yeah. now and again is good. Yeah, uh-huh. oh, the so congratulations! I've got shares in the joint, given how much I buy it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so congratulations to Scott, mate. That's a, that's a serious effort. You've won the Unlimited League. You've come first in the Inside Unlimited League, and you win yourself a Supercoach Champions ring. So, uh, mate, get in touch mm-hmm. with us on X or, or send us an email or, or wherever you follow us, and um, mate, we'll get your address and get that sent out to you. And also, you win a BBL jersey of your choice. So you're going to let us know who you support, and we'll get that out to you too. So congratulations. And um, regardless of whether you're overseas or not, well done to James for winning BBL Supercoach. I mean, high score by, by a fair margin, to be fair. I think he ended up winning by a good 100-plus points. So yeah, that's nice. Yeah, well-deserved for taking it out. Just maybe a shame about the prize, but we'll see. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? One thing we haven't mentioned is the community team, Mick. How'd they go overall? Because we did pretty well, didn't we? Pretty well. What was it, 52nd overall? Yeah. So we were we're looking pretty good in the top twenty five there at one stage, but um, some better super coaches, I guess, in the community uh, overtook us towards the back end of the year. But still a top hundred finish for our first crack at BBL Super Coach as a community. Pretty stoked. Yeah, the Hopefully guys did really well, and there's a, yeah, there's a lesson there that I'm going to talk about soon with the community yeah. team too, because you know when when somebody when you've got this many people voting on a team, and you're making trades based on thirty votes. Um, th- there has to be some element of simplicity, doesn't there? You know, like we're, we're obviously taking the best option more often than not. We didn't really get spicy with our picks. We didn't pick too many pods. We didn't go outlandish with looping or anything like that. We picked the right captain every single week because it was the right option. 
Um, and we finished 52nd overall. So maybe it's a lesson that you just need to approach this game as simply as possible and take the best options. Potentially, yes. Yeah, but I guess when we're talking about our Discord and the community there, that's been popping over the last month. There's been nights where we're getting over a 1,000 comments a night, hasn't there? People yeah. talking cricket and, like, I love it. My missus loves it because I'm talking cricket with other people and not her, so she doesn't have to listen to my shit. But, yeah, get around it. If you're not already part of the Discord community, in our comments down below, there'll be a link. Just click on that, click on BBL, and we'll see you there. 100%. Um, you could probably sub out cricket with any other topic that's sport-related, and my missus isn't interested either in any of that. So, um, that yeah, the Discord's a lifesaver for, for her and for me. Absolutely. Um, but, um, mate, let's talk about what went right this season we'll celebrate the good stuff and before we do that we need to give a shout out to ryan from astute newstead longtime sponsor yeah. of the show the show is brought to you by ryan from astute newstead and uh guys if you are a, a little bit unsure about whether your rate's too high as a homeowner if you're maybe not sure whether you can afford your next home all you need to do is contact ryan uh, at Hammond's home finance is his instagram you can use the code insight and let him know that we sent you and you get you a absolutely no obligation uh, free consult as well if you let us know or let him know that we sent you. So um, you, you don't have to stress anymore about that. He'll look after everything. He's got access to over 50 lenders on panel as well. So great bloke. We've all worked with him personally. I'm about to work with him personally again. Um, so he's uh, he's looked after me on multiple occasions. So go and hit Ryan up. Um, sure. Mick, what went right, mate? What, what are the things or maybe the lessons that yeah, you nailed this year that you're definitely going to replicate again next year? Building bank. Building banks. So I might have went a little bit too over the top towards the back end of the year and probably must cause suffered a little bit for it. But my team value ended up at 2.7 million. So there's plenty, awesome. plenty of money there. But yep. yeah, with some of my picks, I, I probably could have done a little bit better or been a bit smarter and not tried to outthink the room, so to speak. And as you said earlier, simple or being simple may be better. So that's mm. one of the things that I'll look to uh, improve on for next season. But one thing I think we both got right is that we prioritised bowlers, mm -hmm. given that they were scoring 60% of the points and all-rounders as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we talked about it a lot in the preseason that we were looking at players' roles. The more that they did in the game, the more chance they have of scoring points. Yeah. And it seems quite simple, but... I actually strayed away from that at the back end of the season and it's no question as to why my rank started to take a little bit of a dive um, because I took some risks on some batsmen only that really didn't come off uh, and I'll talk about them a little bit later too but bowlers are going to score more points. They've got, the, uh, they've got the ability to score points off dot balls. They also have the ability to take catches in the field. I think when we had Andrew Langley on the show, he mentioned something mm -hmm. around um, in previous years that 60% um, of the super coach points across the season go to the fielding team and 40% go to the batsman. So you're going to want to try and load up on those guys that are in the field, either bowling the ball or, or taking catches or fielding in good spots. Yep. I think that leveled out a little bit this season. I think it ended up being 55 bowlers, 45 batsmen. Yep. So the batsmen are getting a bit closer, but the fielding team still takes the the chocolates. So mm -hmm. I think the, the lesson there is still to prioritize those bowlers and those all-rounders and, and those guys and, and the wicket keepers as well that are definitely in the game there. That we, we had some keepers that scored some points like Josh Inglis in round nine, uh, got fuck yep. all with the ball, uh, with the bat in hand, with but the then bat. went and yep. uh, had two catches and a run out or something. So 
Uh, oh, sorry, it was a catch and a, a, a stumping. So yeah, that, that's, you know, there's plenty to take from that. But um, mate, the, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is I feel like I actually got the loophole right more often than I got it wrong. Um, so when we talk in loophole, we're talking not just the VC loophole, but we're also talking about using your emergency, your bench emergency players uh, and getting their scores on field. So taking that early punt or that, sorry, it's less of a risk really, putting one of your players in each position that is playing in the first or the second game, you put that emergency on them. If it doesn't come off for you, then you go with your normal player. If it does come off, you put your DNP in. So I think for, for the majority of the time, for both of us, maybe I can speak for you as well, that I think we got that mm -hmm. right, right more than we yeah, got we it did. wrong. Yep, 100%. Um, and it's it's a tactic that I'm going to continue to use pretty aggressively, I think, moving forward. It's it's such an advantage to get two free swings, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. You're, you're potentially getting a look at two, sometimes three extra players for the round, and you've got a choice. You've got 24 hours to pick whether you want to go with a score or whether just to sit tight and take another punt. Yep, absolutely. Um, last one, mate, the weather. Yeah. I, I reckon we got this right more than we got it wrong. Uh, Absolutely, we did. Yep. I apart think, from apart from the Geelong game, but no one could help that. Yeah, no, and look, that was round one. Um, we all lo loaded up on Perth players because and Renegades because they had the the double single double, double. single double yep. or something crazy. Um, so uh, it made sense to load up on both of those teams. It just didn't work out, but it, I think it kind of created a bit of awareness around the weather. Uh, it had us looking forward each day to yeah, the forecast and the radar. I reckon I spent more time on the radar than I did on social media over the last six weeks, um, yeah. just checking what's going on with the weather and which games were going to be weather affected. I think another thing that went right, especially at the back end of the year for me, was not using my trades or rage trading straight away, actually yep. sitting back and doing the proper analysis. And there were round eight and round nine. I didn't use – actually, sorry, I used one trade before the first game. So I got in the player that I thought, yep, I need this, and then sat back and waited to see how the games were playing out as to whether I needed to trade or whether I needed to just sit tight. And in the end, I ended up with one trade left in the bank. So you don't need to use all your trades if you're happy with your team. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. I used all of mine, and I probably didn't need to. Um, you know, I forced a trade on Bancroft. I didn't end up needing his score because I bench looped him anyway, so it wasn't a big deal. But um, I got him in for the double just as a bit of a free swing. So I'm still okay at having a free swing at a trade. Um, there's no risk really in picking a guy and putting him on the bench. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, no, you're right. That's a really good point. You don't need to use them all. Um, I think people were forcing trades because they felt like they had to use maximum every single round. Yeah. Yep. So good call. Um, but again, the weather got us in round nine, didn't it? Kind of still sucked us in on those Thunder players. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you credit where credit's due, though. You said that a play for round nine might be to fade all Sydney Thunder players, and sure enough, the person that did it won the round. And you know what's even better? I've won myself a four-pack of Bolter as well because Glenn Maxwell went and scored more than Daniel Sams. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> so I'll be waiting at my, uh, on my, at my letterbox for that. Thanks uh, yeah. Thanks for that. Yep. Yeah, um, deliver a at a time. <laughs> Lovely. Hey, I'll take it. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, and guys, before we go into what went wrong, let us know yours. Let us know if you're if you're watching live. Hop in the chat. Um, let us know how you finished up overall as well. We, you know, we we love all the interaction. So so get involved in the chat and uh, let us know what went right, what your biggest lessons were for this year, what went wrong, what your trades were that you loved, maybe what the dud ones were that set you back. 
uh, get involved in the conversation with us. So uh, yeah, that's why we're here. We don't want to talk to ourselves. Um, what went wrong, mate? Because, I mean, look, we, we didn't finish top 1K. Things could have been right. much better. I, I was sitting at 710th, I think, with uh, four rounds to go and fin ended up doubling my rank to finish the season, um, which is a bit disappointing because it could have been a good run at the top three, 200, um, but yeah. it went the other way. What do you think we can take from this year that probably didn't go to plan? Probably cashed in some players a little bit early in order to yep. chase coin elsewhere. So we're, we were pretty fixated on trying to make bank pretty early on. And yep. for me, I ended up selling Jack Edwards way too early because he played a fairly prominent role for the Sixers this year. So that's one regret I have. I also yep. traded out Kuhneman and he was quite consistent, made the BBL team of the year as well. So Yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah, and I, and I bought in players like Richardson and Ty and I had Ty on the bench round. No, I played Ty round seven and then benched him round eight where he scored 140 and then I played him round nine where he scored seven. Shit. Yeah, okay. So, That's... yeah, the super coach gods were hating me. But, yeah, I guess prioritizing making money probably did me over a little bit when I was yeah looking for my players and seeing where I could make bank but also score my points. Yeah, I, d I did exactly the same thing. I, I think I maybe went and chased really aggressively negative break-evens when I, the player wasn't the player I wanted. I, I chased them because I, it was a negative break-even. And two examples I'll give you, Mitch Swepson and Darcy Short. Those two guys, uh, Darcy Short, don't get me wrong, he was on the double when I brought him in, so that was fine. I, I'm not I'm not upset about that pick. Um mm -hmm. He actually worked really well for me in round one because I brought him in a week early ahead of the Adelaide Strikers double to use him as a bench loop when that game got washed out. So that played out quite well, but he is not a player I wanted. We talked in the preseason, Mick, a lot about the fact that we didn't really rate Darcy Short's form coming into the BBL. And whilst he looked That's better, right. he, st he still didn't blow anybody away, did he? I think it was just the price point. Um, mm -hmm. And then the problem was I went and traded him out traded him back in and traded him out again. So I wasted four trades on Darcy Short, sorry, three trades on Darcy Short this season that could have been used elsewhere to make more coin. And Mitch Swepson is probably my biggest regret chasing the cash for him. Whilst he got up from, what did he cost? 80-odd K to start the season? Yeah, it was pretty cheap. Uh, even cheaper. Oh, no. I think it was like 82K. Oh, it was about 70. Yeah. I think it was in the 71 or 72 or something like that because he went up to 100K after that one round that he, where he scored 180 in the, the triple slash double week in round one. Um, yep. I got him at 100K and ended up selling him at about 110 in round yeah, nine. Okay. Um, so I, he got up to 155. Point. He got up to 155K and I didn't move him on at that point because I couldn't. So... The issue was that I was in situations where I wanted to move him on and make the most of his cash, and that would have been worth me bringing him in. But I had so many other issues going on, and the Brisbane Heat double in, I think it was round seven or eight, that I needed mm -hmm. to keep him for. And then he didn't perform in that game, barely, didn't even bowl in game one. That's so, right. uh, yeah, that was a big backfire on my part. Chasing a guy that I said I didn't want, that I said I wasn't a fan of, and then I reacted to that round one score and it got the better of me. So yep. definitely some lessons there, mate. Um, and yeah. also, Be I think maybe... The yeah, be sorry, before we continue on, though, we've got yep. uh, Corey Blackledge in the chat, who was the winner of our NBL um, Supercoach Prize for this week, the Standard yep. Squeeze. So, Corey, if you're watching, mate, congratulations. The combo pack will be on its way potentially later tonight, if not tomorrow. So well done, mate. 
Good on you. That's awesome. That was a really good, uh, really good score from him too. I saw in the mm-hmm. NBL. Yeah. Um, the community team for NBL, I think, is in the top hundred as well. By the way, just uh, just quietly. Yeah. So it's doing pretty well. Um, we also see you guys in the comments. We'll we'll definitely start bringing some up as we go. Um, there's some good lessons coming through here as well, isn't there? So yeah, we'll, we'll definitely yeah. talk about them. Um, I don't know about you. I got too spicy on captains and vice captain picks. I think. I think uh, I sent you a message after the round ended because right. I went back and had a look. And if I picked the right captain every single week, I would have been 1,063 points ahead, which would have put me in first place. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and, and whilst right. mo- if most people in the top 1,000 did that, they probably are winning the comp. You know, we're not going to get every single captain pick right. But yeah. I got a bit spicy on some VC and some C picks that I really kind of regret um, trying to chase the field. I think I just thought I'd take a punt at 1500 and it didn't really work out. Uh, but you, you picked some probably better captains than me, I think in the run home, especially. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, I wish I'd just had a back my gut and kept the VC on short the whole time. Cause yeah. as we'll get into it later, he's just dominated. Is he the first person to average over hundred super coach points per game ever in the BBL? Oh, that's a tough, I don't think he's the first, but I tell you what, he's not, there's not many of them. No, there's not. No, and um, you know I might do I, that I research that, now while you we're getting in. Yeah, that'd be good. I'll, I'll keep going. You do the you do the back end. Um, but yeah, one thousand and sixty three points. I ended up behind, which was disappointing. You know, I didn't take Matt Short. I last round I was looking at Hardy, and I thought, you know, that's the best pick. But I just had a funny feeling about Maxi just going massive, and um, mm-hmm. it didn't end up coming the way that I thought. He did look fucking good, but again, he, Maxwell went for Maxwell and just kind of played a shit shot. Um, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, so disappointing. But anyway, that's fine. I think a good lesson to learn is that you don't need to get spicy on captain and vice captain picks. I think it's worth following the crowd on those picks and then getting your pods to score outside of your captaincy points is probably the one thing I'll take from that. Um, Another thing I think we got wrong is we got sucked into picking batsmen only on supposedly good pitches, Mick, only for the conditions not really to suit what we were looking for. And we didn't adjust the trade pregame. No. That's something that we should have probably looked a little harder at. But again, when all we've got to go on is the live coverage on free-to-air TV or KO, it'd be nice to have people on the ground being able to call them and go, hey, Jimmy, what's a pitch to him, mate? But <laughs> I'm going to have to get some connections. Yeah. yeah. Get, get a streak, get a run on the pitch and give it a whack with a key or something. Send yeah. us a message. Yeah. We'll Kiss just pay off. their fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, and mate, Perth bowlers were really disappointing for the most part oh, this season. Fuck, they were terrible, weren't they? They yeah, were just... terrible from a super coach point of view. Like, um, we're rolling into Rand the double double, and we've picked Richo, we've picked Ty bowlers who have in previous history scored really well and did next to Sweet FA, didn't they? It was the Lance Morris show, it was Berendorf who had a, a pretty good season. Overall, started off like a house on fire, went a bit quiet, and then come good towards the end again. Um, yeah, Ashton Turner got hurt. Hardy ended up bowling himself and opening the bowler and bowling and bowled death. Jeez, if he's got that role next year, geez, wouldn't won't that be spicy? I don't know why he hasn't had that role all season. No, because he bowled well. The... Apart from that he, half tracker he bowled good. to Moises, like he was three overs for eighteen, and like the sixes chased down one hundred and ninety. So it's barely his fault. Oh, yeah, not at all. Um, the, the question mark will then become, you know, he won't be captain next year. 
So it, it'll go back to Ashton Turner, which I think is a good thing for Perth Scorchers. He's a great leader for that team. But in saying that, what, what happens to Hardy's role then? So that, that becomes a question mark for next year. But look, mm-hmm. you, you've got to say, based on what we've seen recently, and let's see how he goes over the next, you know, into the final series, um, it's going to be hard not to bowl the bloke. Like, no. uh, and, and also, if Jai Richardson's healthy and, you know, who knows where Andrew Ty is going to be next year. Lance Morris might be in the test squad by then. There, there's a lot of moving parts in this Perth lineup too. Matt Kelly also did not play a game this year. So he's in the uh, conversation he's, he's for a Perth very good bowler. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So... Plenty of moving parts. And I think, yeah, again, maybe we need to look at players that have a bit more of a cemented role as, a, as opposed to a player that might be a good pick this round on a double, but then you kind of, you have to move them on. You know, you've banked a trade as a one-week rental to get to get rid of them. So uh, I, sometimes it works, but sometimes it backfires on you. So probably one mm-hmm. thing I'll be conscious of. Um what do we got in here? We got what went? Have we got any main lessons? I'm going to throw a few up that came up in the chat. Um, we've got Matty Granger. We've got Corey Blackledge. Global's in the chat as well. Thanks for joining us, mate. Uh, 25.09 overall for Global. A uh, bit of a luckless matchup. So many abandoned matches. Yeah, look, the weather again was it was tough, wasn't it? But again, it, it was an advantage for people that stayed on top of the weather, like we mentioned, Mick. 100%. Yeah, whoever kept an eye out for the weather and forecasted to fade players that it was weather dependent. Yeah, that's where the scoring's gone well. For sure. We've got uh, Stephen Granger in the chat as well. He took out the head-to-head uh, Insight League as well. Congratulations, um, Stephen. Well done, mate. Yeah, very good effort. Uh, so congratulations to Stephen. Uh, main lesson for Global, not paying enough attention to when the international players were leaving. Good and point. That, yeah, very relevant. Um, I, Honeyball mm-hmm. do a great job of, of putting together a bit of a sheet on when players are going, what tournaments are happening and, and everything. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it might be worthwhile to to follow them or, or have a chat with Ben or something. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to probably throw this up a little bit later, but Mr. Mr. G, Matty G's in the chat asking us our best trade, our biggest letdown, and who are our eyes on for next year. That's coming very soon. And um, you've got your mate Wilbur in the chat as well. Uh, you're uh-huh. king of the off-season, apparently. Yeah, apparently so. I believe uh, it. Yeah, knock back a couple of froppies at 7 a.m. Why not? Yeah, I can see you on Mad Monday, uh, but it's also it, it's Wednesday by then, and you're still oh, going, I reckon. I, I tell you what, this this bloke here, Lockie Brooks, so uh, good friends of the family. They're they're here in Central Victoria, and the man can bat. Uh, he's mm. made made a couple of tons locally in the in the ones competition here. So, Lockie, how are you, brother? Thanks for tuning in. You're a good man. Not um, English international batsman Harry Brook relation by any chance? Uh, Lockie's a much better bloke. <laughs> I can believe that for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, Corey has said his biggest lesson was not backing his gut. So it sounds a, a bit similar to you. Um, was Walter mm-hmm. was on Walter not getting was not getting Walter round one uh, changed to Nisa had Walter all preseason Overton in round two Bartlett round one Hardy then uh, had them two round six no Laurie Evans so all of these guys potentially he was going to get in but then maybe listen to a few different opinions. And I think that's probably the disadvantage of watching too many podcasts and listening to too many people's opinion is that you, you start to just have no idea which way you're going to go, do you? No, you're absolutely right. What what I've found is you can probably overload yourself with information. If you, And if you're getting that from several sources, then it's just going to skew your opinion to players. So find someone you trust, like the Insight Fantasy Sports team, and one, we'll, we'll give you the our opinions, we'll give you the stats of what we have, but second of all, back your gut. 
you know, join the Discord, have those conversations with us in there. We've seen uh, early, and uh, Brano brought it up, that our Insight community finished 50th overall. So it's not just us. We've got a really good community who know their shit in there. So plenty of good people to bounce your ideas off. 100%. And uh, I am uh, king of no sleeves, apparently. And this is actually <laughs> the first time I've worn a singlet on the podcast all year. And um, out, mate. Yeah, no, oh, it's fucking hot in Sydney today. It was like 36 degrees or something. It's sweating in this room as well. I've only got a fan above me. So, Any uh, chance to get mate, the pipes out? That's okay. Hey, mate, Matrix does it as well, but he deserves it, it because he, he looks like he's sitting in a sauna when he records. Oh, so uh, I think five bloke. or six people yeah. hopped in the chat on our NRL podcast the other day saying, yeah. someone get Matrix a fan. Poor bloke. Yeah. My, my missus said today, does that guy not have aircon? Because it just looks like he's sweating <laughs> all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was after his 12th beer as well. So maybe oh, it rose the temperature a little bit. Yeah. Uh, mate, let's, let's talk best trades. Uh, and guys yeah. in the in the chat, let us know your best trade in as well, um, or maybe your best trade out. It, it can be both ways. Um, for me, I've got I've got a few. I went back and had a look at my moves. Getting Webster in round three for his two hundred and seventeen was was awesome. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the balls to captain him against Maxwell on the Stars double. Uh, Andrew Langley did though, and that put him in a really good spot. And um, he so he scored round three. He got two seventeen. Stars had a buy in round four from memory, and then round five he scored one fifty three. So. That little three to five period for Bo Webster was immense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and for me, same, Bo Webster. I bought in Daniel Sams in round three, so a week before his double, and he scored the one, I think it was 150 or 170. Like, he went really large. Yep. Um, and we were saying early in the preseason that this guy is going to be the number one trading option in round four, and sure enough, he was. Um, yep. Some of my best moves were probably moves I didn't make. So holding on to Ben McDermott, even through his lean patch to start the year to then finish off with an average of 47 and 154K. Uh, he was really good. And who else was there? Jamie Overton as well. Really nice pick for the year. And what's 216K he finished on with an average yeah. overall of just over 70. Yeah. Yeah. J- uh, Jamie Overton is a guy that I actually didn't get on, get on initially for the strikers' first double, and he made me pay. Um, so I, I needed to make sure I got him a little bit later. But, um, yeah, he, he was awesome. Um, and also, you know, I, I wish I got on Paul Walter a little bit. I, I mean, I did. I started with Paul Walter and traded him out, then had to bring him back in. So I missed out on, on some good Paul Walter scores there as well, unfortunately, on, on his singles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I jumped on the Sam's captain for 172 in round four. I was with you on that. Mm-hmm. And then the back end of the season, I got a few right with Inglis, getting him in in round seven for the – Perth, oh, sorry, round six for Perth double-double. He scored that 117 in round seven, so that was good to have him. Paul Mm -hmm. Walter scored 132 in round seven as well. So Inglis and Walter coming into my team that round, that was the right move. I just probably went a little bit late on Walter. And then uh, not trading out Aaron Hardy when everyone was starting to talk about Aaron Hardy trade out at the back end of the season because he wasn't bowling. Uh, In round eight and round nine, he got 169 points combined. And And started opening the bowling and bowling death. Yep. And look, I don't have connections to WA cricket. I don't, I don't know that Hardy was going to bowl. But for me, you just look at the numbers and you look at Hardy and how he performs in Perth at Optus Stadium specifically. And the guy's got such a good record there that yeah. it was just a it, it was just a play that you didn't need to make. A lot of people were using his cash to get to someone else, and um, you probably you probably didn't need to. No, no, spot on. Corey Blackledge brings up a good point. Sutherland at top dollar trade out that would have been a good trade. 
I think he lost about 30k before I traded him, so I didn't trade him at top dollar. But yeah, he was car- carrying an injury. We found out at the back end of the year as to why he wasn't bowling. Yeah, and maybe he'll be a look next year. Uh, we'll talk about our watch list and the players that we're looking at for BBL 14 uh, at the end of the show. But mm-hmm. mate, what about the dud trades? What about the ones we got wrong? I'll kick off. I already mentioned it. Trading out Paul Walter after round one. Um, I was still wasn't sold on his role. I think in game one, he bowled like one over at the end and got a wicket. But I was like, fuck, if this guy's not going to be bowling three to four overs a game, I don't really want him. And he's also batting six. So it was like, do I want a guy batting six that's only going to bowl one or two overs a game? Probably not. So I moved him on and that bit me in the ass big time. Yeah. I didn't even start with him. I had to trade him in. So yeah, that was I think- probably a bit of a nuffy moment on my behalf. Yeah, uh, yeah, not necessarily. I mean, there's there at the start of the season there were a lot of question marks around English imports adjusting to the BBL or adjusting to Australian conditions in general. Um, but Overton and Paul Walter have basically kind of discredited that uh, that narrative now, haven't they? They they, they were both amazing. Yeah. Um. Now a dud trade for me was getting in Swepson. Uh, after round one, scoring 180. And then when I got him, he proceeded to score 38, 41, 37, 1, and 19 for me. So next to fuck all. And uh, I should have gone with my gut on that one and just left him. Yeah. He looked a bit out of form too at the back end of the year. How was his footwork with his batting? It was terrible, wasn't it? And he ended up I mean, dropping you... below uh, Green in the batting order. Who are we talking about here? Sams. Oh, that, that's Daniel Sams, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I was talking about Swepson. But no, I, yeah, no, I agree well, with Daniel terrible. Sams for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, Will Sutherland, I mean, aside from his 111, I should have jumped off earlier, but I didn't. Um, mm-hmm. So he got 111 in round three, which was great. But then from there, his, whole, his top score in the next six games was 40. So yeah. stopped bowling, looked like he was a bit injured, and I held him probably two rounds too long before yeah. moving him on. And I lost that kind of max price that Corey Blackledge was talking about in the chat about moving him on. Yeah. Um, and there's another Renegades teammate that I'll bring up right now. And that's Quinton DeCock as Lockie mm-hmm. in the comments has he, after such an impressive world cup alongside Zampa, like Zampa didn't really fire a shot, this BBL. He was really ordinary. Was he? He looked almost disinterested at times. Yeah, he did. Uh you know, I, I think we probably need to put more stock or more more emphasis on how big of a World Cup campaign that was for those guys that played. I mean, Zampa clearly needed a rest, and, and everybody says, oh, you don't need a rest, you both spin. The amount of stuff that these guys do, the amount of training, the amount of fitness, the amount of gym work that they do in the background just to stay game ready is huge. And I think we probably need to put more emphasis on those guys that are coming off such a big campaign. Um, did we Did we see anybody aside from Matt Short kind of come off that World Cup campaign and fire a shot. Maxwell. Yeah. So the two top um, dollar guys. Yeah, that's it. Who who else? I don't remember at? anybody oh, else. Kane Hardy, Richardson had a I guess, shocker. Yeah. Hardy yeah. was okay, but I don't yeah, know whether Hardy lived up to the hype. Yeah. No. Um no one else really, was there? No. I mean I don't Sab think so. we'll talk about Sab later in the episode, but he might he be poor. one of those absolute fucking must-gets to start next year. He'll be 50K cheaper than what he should be. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree with you. Um, I went the Gorinda Sandu pod. That didn't work. Um, I, I just thought I'd take a punt on a guy that was probably going to bowl death after Zaman Khan left. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, and he did do that. He just didn't get the wickets. So, um, yeah, probably got a bit too spicy on that pick and probably should have just followed the crowd. Now, uh, this pains me to say it, but Jai Richardson and Zach Crawley, I got them in for the double-double. As you fucking should, get Jai Richo in. Um, anybody who faded Jai Richardson at round six has the world's biggest agates, I reckon. Because mm-hmm. imagine if he did half of what he did last year during that four four games in two rounds. It'd be yeah. a different conversation. You'd be, if you're captain him, you'd be four to 800. Or if you got 400 for two rounds, you'd be 800 behind and way out of contention. So, yeah. Yeah. And Zach Crawley, I, I said, oh, they're playing their games at Optus or they're playing their games on good wickets. Uh, I think they were playing at the Gabba and they were also playing at Adelaide Oval the, that round. And I thought, no, nah, I'm just going to get Zach Crawley in. I'll, I'll get four cracks mm-hmm. at it. Surely he'll get a score. He got three shit scores under 10. And then I sat him and he went and got his 70. So it, it's, it, that just didn't work out for me at all, Zach Crawley. So again, picking a batsman only. It's a moral victory. It is. It is a moral victory. I'll tell you what, who isn't a moral victory, David Warner. I picked him. Yeah. And okay. I went early on him, a week early from memory, and uh, which right. means I couldn't yep. even reverse my trade if I wanted to in round nine for their double. And uh, he did nothing in both of those games as well. Mm-hmm. So you faded him, didn't and, you? Oh, yes. Yeah, well played. Yeah, there's, there's uh, yeah, certain elements to my team and the good bloke part that I have as a criteria, he didn't quite meet. So... Mm. Yeah, worked out all right. Um, again, another one. Maybe I went. Z- I'll, I'll pick Zamper in round eight. Um, looking at the pitch, and I still, I mm-hmm. still think this was the right play. Look, weather bit me in the ass. I couldn't see that the last game was going to get washed out. So I thought, you know what, Zamper's going to play at uh, Marvel Stadium on a Bunsen burner because that's what it was last year. And then they rolled out a new wicket, and it was flat as attack. And um, then the showground in round nine didn't even get a game. So the Zampa pick in round eight was a bit of a flop as well. But that cash allowed me to free up money to go and get those guys I wanted to get. So that's fine. I can yeah. deal with that. Uh, Lance Morris, we both copped the Lance Morris round nine trade in, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't I work. didn't even have him. It wasn't until the weather looked really ordinary for the Thunder Renegades game at the end that I traded out um, Hussain, who was really good the week before, into Lance Morris thinking, yep, really hard, bouncy deck. He bowls gas. He's going to struggle or the, the batsmen are going to have a hard time facing his heat. And he got spanked. He, he, admittedly, he did bowl in a different role, though, in that game. Yeah, he did. He did. There's not much I, – I don't think there's much you can do in that no. scenario um, because roles change all the time. And I think that's why BBL Supercoach is so volatile. We've had a lot of people say, oh, it's shit because it's it's a luck game of luck. And I'm, I'll push back at anybody that says that BBL Supercoach is a game of luck. You tell me that Andrew Langley can win this two years in a row off luck. Fuck no. Mm-hmm. No way. This guy knows and uses all the tactics in the world to be able to get those wins. Damien Ma, as well, who jumped into the live last week and is a you know incredibly good BBL Supercoach player, has four top 10 finishes. Tell me that's luck. No, it's not. It's being educated. And look, there are so many different elements to look at. For sure. When we're looking at football, you're looking at, oh, cool, if this player, we know their role. Back to front. We know they're going to get a certain amount of touches, a certain <laughs> amount of runs. They're mm-hmm. going to get – it's it's very reliable, isn't it? There's no real kind of changes or not too much aggressive changes in the mainstays of the teams. Whereas no. if you look at conditions and, pitch, uh, and the different pitches in BBL and in cricket in general, like Aaron Hardy, you know, he suits those quicker wickets in Perth. So he'll bowl his he four then, won't he? But then – 
you know, when he goes to another pitch that's a little bit slower or he goes somewhere where the spin is conducive, doesn't work out and he doesn't bowl at all. A perfect example is Glenn Maxwell uh, two rounds ago where everyone was saying, why didn't Glenn Maxwell bowl? He only bowled one over at the end of the innings because the wicket was so good for seam bowlers that it didn't make sense for him to bowl spinners. So that's, that's right. you know, that the pitch and the conditions are such a, a relevant factor and, and who wins the toss as well, whether they bat or bowl first. There's so many different variables, isn't there? 100%. Yep. Got to throw up this uh, this comment here, Big Horse or Shetland Pony. Um, I'm going to say Big Horse. I'll back in. So I've this, yeah, thank you. This bloke that's in the chat, absolute ripper. He's about 6'3 and can run like a gazelle. So, yeah, Dimmer, how are you, brother? Thanks for joining in. Well, thanks for tuning in. Um, mate, let's talk about our watch list for BBL 14, unless you had other dud trades you wanted to bring up. Nah, not really. No, nah, oh, I, it's not a dud trade, but I started with Majib, and that hurt me right from the start. Did you at least get his hundred that he got in round three? No. Oh fuck! You moved him on straight away. Yeah, that hurts mm-hmm. even more. Yeah, he looked really out of form early on, bowling down leg side, doing all that sort of jazz, and I'm like, nah, I can't sit here too long. I'm going to lose money. Yeah, bugger. Well, a lesson learned. The role mm-hmm. stayed the same. He opened the bowling, bowled in the power play, bowled in the surge. There's That's opportunities right. there, isn't there? Yeah. Um, mate, let's talk watch list and the players we're looking at for BBL 14, and then we'll wrap this one up on the things that we're going to be putting in place next year. First one, I'm going to ask you this. Do you pay up for Matt Short and Maxwell next year? Now, these guys are going to be fucking expensive. Like, mm-hmm. I'm talking 350K plus for Matt Short and 275 probably for Maxwell. Without seeing the um, schedule, I'm going to say yes to Matt Short and I'm going to say yes to Glenn Maxwell. Why? Both number one, number two for Supercoach scoring this year. Mm-hmm. So guaranteed points. But Matt Short was 20 points per game better than the second best player in Glenn Maxwell. He averaged 104 for the season. If you leave the VC on him, averaging 104, that's 208 potential points per round with the way he played this year. If that means I'm paying up 350 and having to bring in a couple of nuffies at 42K, happy days. Matt Short scored 173 points more than Maxwell. That is 360-odd captain points, right? If you just went and put the captaincy on Matt Short every week, you'd be ahead more often than not. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that just shows I, I'm more than happy to spend 300 plus on Matt Short. The question mark then becomes Maxi because he's just stepped down from the captaincy. Uh, it got released today that he stepped down from Stars captaincy, which means either he's on the move or, uh, just due to the fact that the Stars haven't made a finals campaign in four years under his tenure, maybe he's just got a tap on the shoulder or maybe he's just gone, you know what, this isn't the best for the team or for me. Um, so could it be good for super coach for Maxwell to just focus on his own game? Maybe it could be. Yeah, potentially. Or is he like Zampa on the move to the Crosstown rivals, the Renegades? Surely not. Surely not. He's been a star, hasn't he? His whole lot, his whole career. He has. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he'll move now. No. Let's get spicy, Bruno. Come on. Not a chance. Not going to happen. Let's go. Let's um, go. Let's let's talk guys we're looking at now. Jack Edwards, very close watch for me, I think, over the off season or over into the, the rest of the shield season and everything. Um he's he he has opened the batting tonight for the Sixers in the semifinal too. Didn't fire a shot. Mm-hmm. He was caught 
uh, early on, but the fact that he is opening without Vince there, that's a big tick. And this must be a pretty tricky. I haven't seen any any footage, but this must be a pretty tricky wicket to bat on, considering um, like the the Heat won the toss and sent the Sixers in. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, interesting. Sixteen off eight balls though, not bad. Like it's not like he was that's terrible. Right. Did all no. right. Um, so, and, and with his role and being able to bowl the way that he does, I mean, we're, we've got to look at next year and, and think this guy's only going to get better year on year. He's going to have That's a better right. Shield season. He, he's been batting, I think, anywhere from three to six in for New South Wales in the Shield cricket. So mm-hmm. he's going to have another year to be better. I, I think he's going to have a pretty big role for the, the Sixers next year. Um, if he's not eventually playing international cricket. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's point. potential there. He just needs to do a little bit more, I think, at, at – um, shield level at domestic level before he gets picked for Australia. But yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. He's got that talent. Will Sutherland, 44 average. Um, I, I reckon he'll be around the 140K mark to pick up from next year. And if he's healthy, that's cheap as chips. Yep. And look, we're, we're talking a year out of turn really, aren't we? Like we yep. don't know what's going to happen in the next 10, 11 months. But if he comes in and he's fit and um, we see that the role is looking good and he's batting six and he's going to get his four overs and he is an absolute lock in my team next year. Mm-hmm. Um, now a couple of different ones, uh, Sean Abbott, we mentioned, I might skip forward one very quickly to go with Sean Abbott because 34 average, this guy's the highest wicket taking bowler in BBL history. He just yep. chronically underperformed, didn't he? Yep. And I'm happy with it. Cause that's going to save me some coin to get him in next year. For Agreed. sure. He'll be, he'll be and in my first team. The Sixers will not have a single, 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 single all the way through. That won't happen no. to him. And again, we're we're talking about these players considering thinking that they're all on singles. Like we don't know the schedule yet. So we're just looking at the player value. We're not looking at the schedule. Yep. Um right. David Payne's an interesting one, mate. 34 average. This is a guy that bowls death for the strikers. Like death bowlers are, are the kind of bowlers that we want in our team. And That's he'll right. come in pretty cheap, won't he? He he'll be around that 125, 130 mark again. So a very similar price to what he came in at. Yep. And um whilst he didn't look that good with the new ball, he was pretty good at the end of the innings. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. He probably struggled a little bit early on, didn't he? With mm. his um, yeah, left arm in swingers. Wasn't great, but yeah, at the death, he did bowl really well. Yep. Um, any others for you, mate? What do we got uh, on your watch list? I want to bring one up that didn't play in the BBL this year, who I believe will be back next year, and that's Rashid Khan. Uh, he was at 125K, I believe it was, in the preseason. So fair chance, given that he hasn't played, he'll drop in value again right for the picking. He's one of the better BBL bowlers that we've had here for God knows how many years, but yep. Yep. On a definite watch list. Oh, for sure. I, I had him in my team on the bench for round one, ready to go before he got injured. Um, mm-hmm. I, there's every chance I'll, he'll be in my starting team again this year. He's, he's such a good player. For so, sure. Uh, three guys we'll quickly mention before we learn. We move on to what we learned. Um, McSweeney, 31 average. He was pretty ordinary mm-hmm. this year. He didn't. We only saw the best of him in one innings, didn't we, where he got that 70-odd or 50 balls and, and one heat the game. Um, but we were very high on him in the preseason, weren't we? Yeah, and still am. Yeah, in and out of the team, PM's 11, other commitments. I think with a good shot at it and just a bit of consistency, it'd be really good. For sure. Jai Richardson will pretty much, if he's healthy, be a lock in my team to start the season next year. 30.5 average. He'll be cheap as chips. And we've just learnt recently that he was bowling, but I, I'm not sure how many week exactly, but he bowled through a side strain to finish off the season. So for those of you that are wondering why he was so dog shit, that's probably a big reason why. 
Yeah, coming back from shoulder surgery and a shoulder issue, a chronic shoulder issue that's been bugging him for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. and, and now this new side strain, yeah, it's not a good combination. Um, so there's no kind of surprise why he was pretty pretty ordinary. Um, it, it, should we talk about Marcus Stoinis? I feel like the last two years we've, st- we've talked about him and he just keeps coming in cheap. Um, but there's a reason he's cheap. There's an absolute reason for that. So, nah, if you want to talk about him, you can, but I'm not a fan. I don't think I'll... I'll probably just fade it unless stars have like double double to start the season mm-hmm. or something like that. He might be a look as as someone cheap, just as a, a loop or something. But um, yeah, he's not going to be a guy I rely on. No. Um, now let's talk about what we learnt to wrap this wide one up and uh, talk about kind of rules that we're going to set ourselves and and the way that we're going to stri- strategically plan our team and and the way that we play in BBL fourteen. But um, before we do, this segment's brought to you by Bonus Bank. Australia's number one matched betting site. You can go to bonusbank.com.au, use the code INSIGHT, give yourself 25% off your first month of their premium subscription. You can start making tax-free money today. Now, uh, let us know what your rules are that you're setting yourself in the comments as well if you're watching and you want to get involved. Mick, what what are you thinking in terms of maybe rules that you're going to stick by next season? You know, as, as an example... We went with we wanted bowlers and all-rounders, and that's not going to change. But are there any other things that you're going to look at that you do differently? Uh, yes and no. Probably not getting um, attracted by players who have dropped a lot in price. So yeah. like your Jai Richardson, for example, they're dropping in price for a reason. So I'll probably start fading that a little bit now, I think. Um, yep. it may change if they're on a double and they get two cracks at the cherry, so to speak, but that's probably one thing I did not so much mess up on, but I was confident they'd be able to turn it around because they're on a double, not because of where they were playing at. So that's probably one thing I will change for next season. Yep. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I'm going to keep things incredibly simple next year, I think. And, and the mm-hmm. community team keeps driving that home for me that, you know, we, we didn't make risks. We didn't take risks. or we, we followed the crowd on the majority of the moves. We made the right moves and attacked the schedule and we came 52nd as a group. So mm-hmm. I think the popular moves are, are, are the right moves for a reason, aren't they? Absolutely. Probably another one that I'd like to bring up, mate, is if you're bringing someone in for cash generation and they've maxed out, You've got to get on to selling them straight away. If you see that their form's starting to dip, get rid of them. Yeah, yeah the the Swepson um, theory for me, I think. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like the sunk cost fallacy. Like you, you're trying to hold on to a player because they've been good for so long. You know, the Will Sutherland factor, where we know Will Sutherland last year was amazing. We know his role was awesome. We know at the start he was bowling well and he was his role was fantastic. But I think... I held on to him too long because I was thinking too much about what he's done the last season and a half and not what he did in the last two games. So yeah, I think okay. you just need to be really fluid with your moves and you need to not hold on to a player just because of what they've done for you in previous games. You need to look at the future games and their future role. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, that's a, probably a big one for me. Again, like the simple stuff, make as much cash as you can in the first five rounds and then really attack your points in the schedule at the back end. Um, loop whenever you get the opportunity. I think having two bites at the cherry is incredibly valuable. Now, mm-hmm. uh, if you're going to pick a batsman only know your pitches and know your grounds. Now, you know, some wickets are notoriously flat. Uh, some wickets do a bit, some wickets turn, some wickets don't, you know, if there's cloud cover in the air, the ball's going to swing for your fast bowlers. If the team is batting first or bowling first, that's also very relevant. I'm, pre- I'm my preference. I don't know about you, but my preference is that if I'm picking a batsman, 
in the top order. I want them to bat first. Mm -hmm. And then if they're bowling first, we just don't know what kind of opportunity they're going to get. Um, you know, if a team's sent in to bowl on a wicket, you can probably assume that it's going to be a pretty tough batting deck. Yeah, so there, right. there's a lot of things pre-game around that toss and, and looking at the pitch and the conditions that would probably make me change a few of the moves that I made this year as well. Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah, I'm with you. Um, and one thing I didn't pay enough attention to is players in the field. Now, we, you spoke about this, I think, a couple of episodes ago um, mm -hmm. and, and looking at guys like your Chris Jordan and your Alex Hales and, and these guys Alex that Hales are fielding in hotspots. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to kind of explain your thoughts on that? Yeah, for sure. So I paid particular attention probably – it wasn't so much early on, but as the year went on to fielders who were fielding in what I call priority spots. Priority spots meaning hot spots. People where if the batsman's looking to go large, your cow corner, you're long on, you're long off. Places where people are looking to take on your arm, so there's potential for runouts or potential for catches in the deep. So I started to pay a little bit more attention to that. And, real, and the two – that you just brought up were the two big ones, Chris mm. Jordan and Alex Hales. I would have also chosen Jordan Silk if he was in a more friendly role because he's, I'm going to go out and say he's the best fielder in the BBL. I would love to have him in my team. It's nearly as good as having a bowler taking a wicket because he's, he's pretty much locked into a catch or people aren't going to take on his arm. And if they do, it's a run out. So yep. yeah, yeah, I'm definitely next preseason. And uh, going into games, I'll be paying extra attention to that. Good point. Really good point. I, I'm going to counter your best fielder in the in the BBL and say that it's still Glenn Maxwell. The things that I've seen him do are just freakish. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not discrediting Jordan Silk at all. The guy's a fucking weapon in the field. Mm -hmm. Like, are, they're very close, but I still think Maxwell's got him. Um, okay. But regardless, they're, they're both quality. Now... Mm -hmm. um, I guess taking note of the weather, we, we did that okay this year, but having a bailout yeah, strategy really. and a plan B, I think is yeah, really important. Sure. And I think we probably should have done this in round nine, really. Like mm -hmm. the, the warning was about, oh, you know, there's a risk of rain on uh, the final game. And I still went, I got a Hakeel, Hakeel Hussain so I could move him. So that was okay. But I mean, I had Zampa the week before, um, you know, I probably bought two, one too many Thunder players or maybe two too many Thunder players just hoping that we were going to get two games when I probably said it on the fucking podcast. I said the play is to fade Thunder. Fade I've been them. shit yeah. and there's rain. And I still didn't do it. So I, I think I probably just need to back my um, initial instincts a little bit more. And, and again, we've seen a bit in the chat, trust your gut. I think that probably sure. plays pretty true. Um, any other final little rules or lessons or things that you're going to carry into next year, mate? Probably the last one is reacting to the toss. So yeah. for me, I like my batsman batting first and my bowlers bowling first. So you know, you, or most of the time, you're going to get a full allotment of overs. You've got your bowlers bowling death. You've got your batsman batting potentially 20 overs. Um, yeah, when, when we're talking about batting second, like if you're chasing a big target, they're often ready to go straight away, which can cause wickets early on, which can cause minimal scores. Uh, with bowling, if it's a flat deck and the batsmen get off to a flyer as well, then you've really got nowhere to go as well. So, yeah, paying attention to the toss because I think that's pretty big. I think we've noticed that with lot the likes of Overton and these sorts of players this year that they're really good. 100%. Uh, the perfect example of paying attention to the toss was Daniel Sams in round nine, wasn't it? Yeah. The, yeah. the Thunder, they win the toss, they bat first. 
and we think, okay, well, this wicket must be okay. It looked pretty flat. But the Thunder have been notoriously shithouse with the bat in hand. And again, they terrible. were they were terrible. And when Daniel Sams bats eight, he doesn't really get a chance to get any meaningful overs with the bat in hand at the end of the innings, right? He was he was one run short of getting his strike rate bonus. Yeah, thanks to um, Chris Green, who went in ahead of him in that game. But anyway, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but then also, he didn't really have much to bowl at either because they didn't put a score up. They put no. a 140 or something. So, you know, the it, it means then he doesn't get the death overs we thought he was going to get. You know, if he bowled mm-hmm. first, Daniel Sams would have been a lock and load for VC. That's completely fine. But we should have made the change. We, we should have mm-hmm. probably just backed in Matt Short and gone, you know what, Matt Short, he's playing against the Thunder, who are ordinary. The shittest team he's playing on a yep. fucking real flat wicket. But strikers are, you know, you know what he's going to do. Uh, that was probably the right play instead of going with mm-hmm. Daniel Sams. But anyway, you live and learn. Yep. That's right. That brings us to the end, mate. Um, you know, it, it's been a wild season. You know, we, we've done mm-hmm. 26 episodes through this preseason. We've previewed all the teams in the lead up. We did positional analysis. We've gone live every single week. And um, it's been good fun, you know, uh, to, to see the community team do so well and to see so many people talking in, in the Discord and getting involved has been pretty cool. So It's been awesome, hasn't it? And just the, the engagement that we've been getting, it's it's unreal. Yeah, yeah. So thank you to everyone who watched. Um, even if you didn't watch this one or, you know, you've only watched this one and missed some through the year, thanks for, for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing, liking, following, reviewing, doing all of those things. We do really appreciate it. Um, if you haven't done that yet, please do it. It would support the show leading into 2024. We've got some really big things planned moving forward into this year. Uh, and follow us on social media as well. You're going to get, if you don't want to watch the full stream every single round, uh, we understand there's a lot of sport, but we love our fantasy sport. You might see some short little snippets and reels and, and stuff that are going to be little grabs for you with the information that you need on our socials. So go and follow us on social media, Insight Fantasy Sports on Instagram and obviously Facebook and Insight F Sports on X. Um, mm-hmm. And you'll find us on TikTok too, I think. Uh, mate, what's next? What do we got 2024? bit going on. Yeah, so we've got NBL still. So four rounds to go and do it for Jack, our man in the Unlimited League coming. Is he still first overall? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah. So there's a little bit of pressure on him, but yeah, we're all right behind him and our community and the Discord is right behind him. So even with four rounds to go, jump in the Discord, follow and like the NBL and get around the bloke. Like this this is an awesome story that if you watch the NBL podcast, you'll see what kind of a difference he is making in that community. NBA is still firing with Matty G, dropping some great podcasts and reels each and every single day. So get across and listen to that. Uh, NRL is in full swing with yourself, Matrix, and the Supercoach Whisperer. So there's some really good content coming out there. And the AFL just started dropping some back lines. We've got mids coming out in the next couple of days. Heaps of content coming through to you for AFL as well. It's all happening at, uh, at Insight. So, guys, if you, if you haven't hit subscribe so you don't miss any, uh, you might not watch or follow all of our sports. And the beauty of the Discord is you don't have to. You're not going to get plugged with every single sport. You can choose the sports that you get access to in there. So if you're a BBL and an AFL guy, you just go and choose those two in the Discord and you'll only get access to those and you won't get bugged by everybody else. So um, jump in there and, mate, we've got Insight Unlimited on the way, which has been something we've had in the works for a a few months now, isn't it? So pretty exciting. Yeah, it's awesome, isn't it? So what you get with Insight Unlimited is access to our Insight, final teams, captaincy choices, trades, Changes throughout the week. Team news, late mail, and thread from the best in the game. What else we got, Nath? 
Uh, yeah, all of that. We've got some player rankings. So in the background, we're working on um, ranking players and positional analysis and stuff. We're going to do a bit of a deep dive and a, and a bit of a big board for draft formats as well. So you're going to get a, basically a you know the, the deepest insight you can potentially get uh, on all the players, where we, where we think they're going to go this season and, and much more. So that's cool. We've got weekly trade and waiver Q&As as well. So for super coach formats, we'll, we'll basically answer all of your questions, all of the unlimited members' questions every single week so that you can get your trade sorted. Uh, and for waiver pickups as well in, in draft formats, we're going to be doing a lot more draft content this year, especially in, in NRL. Um, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, I love draft as a format. I think it's sub, mm -hmm. like really underrated, isn't it? It is, yes. Um, so we've got all that coming to our unlimited members and also free access to the Insight Members Cup, which is going to be something that we'll start this year too. So that'll be fun. We're going to do a, a ton of prizes from sponsors and also, you know, Supercoach Champions rings and, and a ton of other stuff. So free access sure. into that will be cool too. So uh, it's all happening and that launches in February. So mm -hmm. a couple of weeks, it'll be, it'll be here and it'll cost you like 50 cents a fortnight. Really, when you, when you look at it like that, it's um, yep. the cheapest chips and basically it, it's just supporting the show. Um, so everyone's aware we, we don't kind of run this at zero cost. Uh, I, I wish we could, mm -hmm. but you know, it does cost money to, for some of these things that we do. So to cover that and make the podcast better, we would, uh, appreciate the support. If you want to get sure. inside, uh, become an insight unlimited member, that'd be cool. Easy. It's what well, it's an upsized zinger box for the year. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, I'm still talking in KFC up. terms. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'd, I'd be, I'd be concerned if you weren't really, yeah. um, but mate, it's been fun. We'll we'll wrap this one up, guys. It thank has. you for so much for the season. It's been it's been a ripper. We've really enjoyed ourselves, and and um, mm -hmm. you know we can't wait to rip into NRL and AFL. Obviously, I'm in the NRL side of things with Matrix and Whisperer, and you've got Skitty and Herbie with the AFL show, which is going to be in full swing very soon. So, very exciting. Yes. Yeah, the boys love it. Absolutely love it. We'll be doing uh, a few different episodes this year and a few little spicy takes. So be sure to like and subscribe and uh, get across and follow our AFL content. Love it. Guys, thank you so much. We will see you in, if you're a BBL only person, we'll see you next October for preseason. And uh, if you're not and you love the other sports, we will see you very soon, probably in the next couple of days for one of the NRL or AFL or NBL shows. But Absolutely. until then, you've been listening to the Insight BBL show for the last time this season. Catch you later. Peace.